our speaker tonight is Jemima Ajay. Jemima uh, works here on the team at HTB. She works for Alpha and um, and Jemima. What can we say about Jemima? Jemima used to be a primary school, te- secondary school teacher. Uh, she's from Brentford. Um, she also has a massive Alsatian, but I've never seen it, so I just kind of feel like it might be just to seem like she wants, I don't know what it is. Uh, but Jemima's a great friend, so should we give a warm welcome to Jemima, who's going to preach tonight? Good evening. It is so nice to be here with you guys this evening. Um, And I would love by starting this evening um, reading Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. And that can be found on page 1135, if you want to read along with me. So that's page 1135. And it's going to come up on the screen as well, if, um, if you can't find it. So I absolutely love this passage. This passage is actually known as the summit of the New Testament, the the Mount Everest. And and as we read it, you'll, you'll probably understand why. So it says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering, in order that we may also share in his glory." Lord, I pray that you will speak to us so clearly this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. So, when, when I was born, I, my biological father already had a family. He already had a wife and children. And so what that meant for me was that I had to grow up without knowing him. My mum, who was living in Germany at the time with him, decided that the best thing to do would be to move from Germany to the UK, where she could start afresh. But she struggled. She was in a country where she had no family and no friends, and so found herself living in a hostel. And the language was so unfamiliar that she struggled to find work. And on top of that, she had a newborn baby. She couldn't cope. And so when I was three months old, my mom decided that the best thing to do would be to send me to Ghana, where she knew people, she had friends, she had family. And that was pretty much my life. I went to Ghana and I lived there for the next nine years. I moved from home to home and city to city, and that was pretty much my life. When I moved back here to the UK, I thought, yes, Finally, I have a family. Because up until then, family was a foreign concept to me. You know, even though the homes I was in, they treated me well and they were perfectly fine, I always knew that I wasn't family. Sadly, when I was 23, my mum passed away. And here I was again. I thought, Lord, here I am, an orphan again. 
and my dad. Well, I've still not met him. When I first came across this passage in Romans 8, I was about 16 years old, and I thought, my goodness, why would God be talking about adoption? Why is Paul referring to us as adopted children? Because from my understanding, if you were adopted, it meant that you weren't planned. You weren't originally part of the great master plan. You shouldn't have really been here. So I looked it up and I thought, there's no way we can be plan B. And what I found out actually is that in ancient Rome, adoption was actually a really common practice and especially amongst the upper class. It was a prestigious status um, act to, to carry out. And it was expensive. It was an expensive agreement where the adoptive parents actively sought out a son that they could make their heir, they could give their family name to. So the first thing I learned from this passage was that adoption wasn't an accident. It wasn't an oops kind of situation. Adoption wasn't plan B, but in fact, adoption is a gift and it comes at a cost. This adopted child would be given the family name, the best education, status in society, and an inheritance. The adoptive parents would actively seek out a son, even if they had children. I mean, that's kind of rude, personally, but that's what they did. Even if they had sons, they would actively seek out a son to adopt because this meant this was their choice. They got a say in who was joining their family. See, up until that point, adoptive language hadn't even been used in the, in the New Testament. And what that word literally means is son placing, that we had been placed in the care of God. Paul went beyond this birth analogy and used adoptive analogy, and that was to stress just how important we were to God. So important that we were chosen and adopted. Adoption in ancient Rome meant that these children were legally taken out of conditions such as slavery. Each son was deliberately chosen and equally loved. The legality of the process, believe it or not, made the bond strong, even stronger than the bond between biological parents and their children. This is a massive reality. This bond was firm, unshakable, permanent. No matter what that adopted child had done, there was no going back. You could never reject them. It was sealed. They were in your home forever. The Spirit of God confirms, he confirms in us this real legal transaction of adoption to sonship. To be adopted was not plan B, but in fact it was and is a privilege. And on top of that, it cost God his son's life. I know that... Um, some of us in here may be familiar with this passage. You know, John 3:16. I have to say it's one, another favorite of mine, where it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Not that he thought we were okay, 
but that he so loved us that he gave us his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus suffered. It cost him his life. He suffered on that cross. He lost all that he had in that moment so that we can gain everything, so that we could gain a father in heaven. When Jesus died on that cross, he was completely alone. And in that moment, when he was separated from God, we can find the assurance that we will never be separated from our Father in heaven. There is nothing that can separate us. Our adoption is final, and it is sealed on the cross by the blood of Jesus. Verse 15 in Romans 8 says, the spirit is here so that this legal transaction can be experienced. Jesus didn't die so that we can know about it. He didn't die so we can read about it in our books at school. He didn't die so we can just hear stories. He died so that we can know the real experience in our heart of this reality that he died for us. He died so that we can be children of God and the Holy Spirit reveals to us that in Jesus Christ we are loved and that we are called up to be part of his family. Verse 15 continues by saying, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. You know, Jewish culture called God Father. It wasn't uncommon at all. But what was uncommon was that Jesus dared to call God Abba. Now, to call him Abba was an absolute mockery of his majesty. How dare he call the God of all creation Daddy? I mean, it sounds a little bit, you know, but yet he dared, and in that moment, he called us out and he said, will you dare to call him daddy? Will you dare to call him Abba, Father, and know just how close you are to your Father in heaven? Because I was in care, it meant that I moved around a lot. And Moving from home to home meant that I sometimes didn't feel that I belonged. I felt like I was rejected. You know, I was in competition with the people that were in the homes with me. You know, and I bet you in here, sometimes you feel that you're in competition. Maybe you're in competition with yourself. Maybe you're in competition with people at work fighting for that promotion. Maybe you're in competition on social media trying to find that perfect light for that selfie that is filtered within an inch of its life. Maybe you're in competition in order to, to feel that you don't have to prove yourself. Moving from home to home meant that I started to feel a sense of this rejection. I thought to myself, maybe if I was better, then they wouldn't keep passing me on. Maybe if I proved myself that I was worthy of loving and keeping, then they would let me stay just for a little bit longer. And with each new move and each new home, I just kept back a little bit more of who I was because I was tired. I was tired of feeling that who I was was being rejected. 
Have you ever felt rejected? Have you ever felt that you were not good enough? Imposter syndrome. I learned a little bit about this a couple years ago when I did the leadership college at St. Melitus. And imposter syndrome is, is something we've all probably felt, but it's when we think that we are not worthy to receive something. And even when we know that we are worthy to receive it, we still struggle to internalize it. We have to know who we are because it wasn't cheap. We are brothers and sisters. We are adopted. We are chosen, selected for the very best plan A, the plan that was put in place even before the foundations of the earth. There's a... There's a song that we sing here at church. We didn't sing it today, but I don't know what it's called, but the words in it go like this. It says, in my father's house, there is a place for me. I am a child of God. Yes, I am. I am chosen. I am not forsaken. I am who you say I am. As I moved around um, when I was in care, sometimes it meant that I would turn up in a house and there wasn't a space for me. I just slept wherever there was room. And for the first time when I came to know Jesus, I realized that I wasn't just meant to fit in where I could, but in fact, there was a space for me. There was a place for me in my father's house. There is a place for all of us in our father's house. There is nothing more true than that. And there is nothing more costly than that truth. As I finish, I wanna leave you here tonight knowing that the heart of the gospel is this, that you are loved with an everlasting love. Adoption is sonship, where you are freely showered with the grace of God. Just yesterday, I was on Instagram while I was uh, preparing my talk, and I came across this post and it said, I've spent my whole life searching desperately to find out that grace requires nothing of me. Nothing at all. All we have to do is simply be. True freedom comes from knowing that we are not slaves, but in fact we are sons and we are daughters. We are sons and daughters, not just of a king, but of the king. That's it. And when we know this truth, we know our rightful place as heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. I came across this quote um, by an author named Michelle McLean Waters the other day. And she talks about what she calls the orphan spirit. And the orphan spirit is a place we operate from when we don't know that we are adopted children of God. She says this, A spiritual orphan is one who feels alone, one who feels they do not have a safe and secure place in the Father's heart where he can affirm, protect, provide, and express his love. They do not feel that they belong. They are full of fear, anxiety, and insecurity. And this worry causes them to operate in their own abilities apart from God. Not knowing that we are adopted And just what that means in actuality, that we are children, legitimate, legal, secure children of God, means that we operate from a place of fear and insecurity. The feeling of being an orphan for us means that we might perform 
You know, we might find ourselves competing with other people and it causes for us to lack in knowing our true identity and having self-esteem when we don't know that we have received the spirit of adoption, we operate from a different place. We have not received the spirit of fear as we read. It says, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Again, rather, the spirit that you received brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry, Abba, Father. We can call him Abba. We are no longer slaves of fear, but more importantly, we can know today that we are not orphans. Slavery and fear is not how God operates. The Spirit of God reveals to us the love of God. He tunes us into this message of salvation. He tunes us into the event of the cross where we can know our identity. When God adopts us, he pours into our hearts and gives us this experience of being embraced into his family. In adopting us, God gives us the spirit of his son. And that very spirit gives us the the position to be able to say, Abba, Father. We can cry out to him with absolute conviction, knowing who we are in him. So, Will you dare to call him Abba Father today? To know that we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Amen. 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 We'll pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you are our Father in heaven, that on this day as we celebrate fathers, that we will ultimately know that we are a child of God, Lord, that you are our ultimate father, that you are our Abba father. We thank you for this safe space where we can know who we are in you. In Jesus' name, amen.